Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 15 through 21, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 9 through 21, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 16, verse 21 through 28, and Psalm 26, verse 1 through 8. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Has my mic been on the whole time? Did, could they hear me singing and all that? Did you turn it down so that, oh, thank you. <laughs> With my mic off. Okay. Um, that's not how I wanted to start. What I wanted to start with was the ending of the sermon. I wanted to start today with the ending. So let me begin but with the ending of my sermon, which is that you, you are loved fiercely, unimaginably, immeasurably, magnificently by the God who made you. The God who made you, made you on purpose, with love and care. And that same God sees you right now as you are and adores you. You, yes you, in your frail flesh, this bag of bones sitting in your pew right now or sitting at home in bed watching this with your cup of coffee or wherever you are, you, God loves you. In your disappointment in yourself, in your desire for yourself to be different than you are, other than you are, better than you are, God sees you as you are and loves you. In your failure and your pettiness, In your inability to love the way you are loved, God sees you and is faithful to you and loves you. You will not always get it right. You often will not. God is faithful to you as you are and will continue to work in your life and in your heart to bring you to the full knowledge of your unconditional belongingness. Because you belong here. In this church, in this world, in the heart, in the life of God. We have been spending the entire summer focusing on Paul's letter to the Romans. Sometimes we have loved it. Sometimes it has frustrated us. Sometimes we have looked at the other verses and said, I would have rather heard about that. But we have stayed with it. And today is our final day preaching from Romans. You will hear Romans a couple more times throughout the year, but we will be focusing on the gospel readings back to Jesus' words and teachings beginning next week. But it is fitting that we finish our time in Romans with this reading from Romans chapter 12, because Romans chapter 12 is in fact Paul's climax of this magnum opus, this letter he has written to the church in Rome. Now, it's only chapter 12, and it's actually not the end, even though it's the climax. Paul has like four more chapters after this. Paul, like myself, has never been a fan of brevity, so you've got to give him a little bit of break. He does some four chapters of sort of extra stuff. 
But Paul has spent the first 11 chapters building up the narrative of God's magnificent love for creation as lived out most fully in Jesus Christ, in Christ's birth and life and death and resurrection. Paul insists that it is through Christ that we are able to see the truth of God, which is that God is completely and utterly faithful to us even when we are all the things we wish we weren't. Paul insists on the reality that God is completely for us and with us and about us. It is in this letter that he says, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not one thing, not life, not death, not angels, not demons, not principalities, worldly powers, anything in all of creation, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He says, this is our eternal destiny. And not just our eternal destiny as Christians, but the eternal destiny of all creation, All of creation, which Paul says is groaning in travail, waiting for the consummation of God's love that is found in Jesus Christ. He says that all of creation will be cared for, healed, and recovered by the God who loves all of creation with great faith and power. Paul tells us that even when we get it wrong, God is going to love us. And even when we feel as if we are being punished, God is even then drawing us back in to deeper love and connection. And then as his climax to all of it, Paul comes to chapter 12 and says, So you are loved immeasurably, you are loved unconditionally, here's what you're going to do about it. You're going to build a community of people who take care of each other and love each other. Is that a little underwhelming? Like, were you hoping for something a little bit more radical? We can go back to Jesus saying, pick up your cross and follow me and lose your life so that you may gain your soul and follow me. But if we pay attention to Jesus fully and we pay attention to the first generation of Jesus' followers, we understand that to to pick up our cross and to follow Jesus is not to follow Jesus out by ourselves into the wilderness all alone. It is to follow Jesus deep into the heart of community where we are meant to live our lives building relationships of love. To love one another the way we are loved. To create a space where people can know even an inch, a smidge, just an, an iota of what it means to be loved unconditionally. Because we experience it with one another. We have the audacity to think that that's not radical. What is more radical in this world than to create a space for people where they are told and then they are are able to experience true belonging, unconditional love? You and I are not conditioned to believe that it's true. This life does not train us to believe That we are loved like that. We are over and over and over again taught the message that our value in this world is based on our performance. That how much we are loved will be based on what we bring to the table. We are told this by our culture. We are told this By our work, we are told this sometimes even in our families and in our friend circles. 
We have built communities, many of which are very wonderful, that are based on all sorts of things. Are they based on complete and utter belonging and belovedness? This is a radical reality into which we are called. Paul says, you and this world are loved immeasurably. Do you want to know what you can do about it? Try to build a space where people are loved the way you are loved. Go and pray with each other and forgive each other. Forget about wrath and repayment. Let God deal with that. That's above your pay grade. Focus on forgiveness and care for each other. Paul describes empathy. Rejoice with people who rejoice and mourn with people who mourn. Sit with those who are crying and cry alongside them. Don't tell them to cheer up. It'll get better. People would rather you smile. Cry right alongside them. And when you see someone laughing, laugh with them. Instead of going, what's that idiot up doing? This life of love, it's a long, slow work. It's time-consuming. When I first got out of college, um, I uh, moved out to Los Angeles uh, to find my fame and fortune uh, in Hollywood, uh, which clearly I gave it all up for this. Um, but um, but um, I, was, I was out there and I, I refused. I, I used to wait tables uh, when I lived in New England, but um, when I moved to LA, I like, refused to wait tables because I didn't want to be a cliche. Um, I was still very much a cliche, don't worry. But um, So I, I got a job in construction, um, which I have no skill at, at all. Uh, I, a profoundly incompetent uh, person. I got the job because I was a warm body um, and that was about my skill set. Uh, I mean, I'm not kidding either. Like, I there was a point I remember where I was working alongside my boss, the, the contractor, and I was like, he, I was literally just supposed to screw, uh, screw in. That was it. And I was like, out loud, which way do I turn it? And he goes, oh, Phil, um, righty tighty, lefty loosey. And I went, I've heard that, but is that for every time? And he just looked at me and he goes, oh man, I want to meet your parents. <laughs> it is every time, I think. But anyways, um, that's how bad I was at it. But uh, I would work, I got, somehow I worked for him anyway, and I sort of became his assistant. And then uh, when we'd have jobs, I'd be on the job working. But there were times, of course, as would be the case, where there weren't a lot of jobs, but he wanted to keep me working. So he had, these, uh, he had this beautiful garden out in front of his house. And uh, the great thing, like in Southern California, as long as you use way too much water, you can have a beautiful garden year round. And uh, so I was responsible for taking care of it. I mean, he'd boss me around and tell me what to do. And then I would just spend all day in the garden. And I'd, uh, I'd have knee pads on my knees and working and getting dirt under my fingers and doing the whole thing and clipping off all the yellow leaves and, and weeding and, and, and trimming back all the things that have grown over the stones and the walkway, all that stuff. And I would work all day, and, 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 and I didn't particularly love it or hate it. It was just a thing I did. But at the end of the day, at the end of each day, what I loved 
was that I could step back and I would literally walk across the street and I would sort of look at the place and I could see every day the work that I had done and I could see that it looked better than when I got there. And that felt amazing. And what I want to tell you is shortly thereafter, I gave my life to building Christian community, and I have never felt that feeling again. <laughs> because instant gratification is not what happens when you choose to center your life on love. When you choose to make love the centerpiece of your reality, and when you choose to make people your work, whether it be professional or just the work of your passion and your heart, when you choose community, you don't get to step back each day and go, it looks better than when I got here. It usually doesn't, first of all. But secondly, that's not the work you're doing. That's not the work we're doing. We're doing something different, friends. We are building over time a reality for those of us who are present. We're building a reality for those of us who aren't. Anyone who can even come anywhere near our community, we are trying to build a reality where people can experience the truth of their own belovedness. We are seeking to create a space where forgiveness is real. Where we can experience forgiving and we can experience being forgiven. We seek to create a space where people truly believe that they're meant to be there. That starts with us. Can you accept that it is not you who decided to come here today, but it is God who brought you into the life of this community? And it is God who wants to see you raised up into a new understanding of your own belovedness through the interactions and the relationships that you build here. The work of relationship is not instantly gratifying because people aren't flowers that you can prune and weed. People are not projects. They're humans going through this life with their own concerns and worries and hopes and fears just like you. All of us, in the frailty of our flesh, are held faithfully, competently, and eternally by the God who made us. Every single one of us. How do we respond to that? We try to make a space where that feels true. Not just for us, but for all whom we meet. We do the radical work of centering love in relationship in our lives. Loving with abandon. Loving even our enemies and praying even for those who persecute us. Seeking forgiveness for ourselves and for others. Seeking empathy to listen and to cry alongside one another and to laugh alongside one another. 
We don't want to be upwardly mobile. We want to be downwardly mobile. Paul says it. Not looking for who will elevate us in this world, but looking for who needs to know that they are loved and moving towards them with our hearts and our arms wide open. This will not make each day easier, but it will fill our lives. Fill our lives with the love for which we are made. We are made on purpose by the God who loves us. We are made with intention and care, loved fiercely, immeasurably, magnificently, unconditionally, and unendingly. What can separate us from that love? Nothing. In Jesus' name.